decide to show up today so I need you to do me a favor if you have an empty seat next to you squeeze on over squeeze on over and then raise your hand in the air and let the ushers know that you have one available amen 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 we thank God for all that he is doing today. You can't help but think about what Pastor Will had mentioned, Friendship Apostolic Church. So this is a day to celebrate friendship. All of the talents, all of the anointed vessels that God has blessed that came through. Friendship apostolic. Amen. Amen. Me and cousin Tim got a good conversation yesterday. We were just talking about how good we were young, how good the Sunday school was. How good vacation Bible school was. Talk about a good time in the Lord. Friendship apostolic. But before we bring up the speaker, 
I just want to give honor to whom honor is due. And we thank God for our heritage today. Amen. Amen. And you don't have to be in our bloodline to thank God for the bloodline today. That's right. That's right. But we thank God for where he has brought us. Jesus said, I know where I come from and I know where I'm going. Come on. But first, he said, I know where I come from. So I had an opportunity to sit down with two of the most important people in our family, in our lineage, in our branch. My grandma Lewis, Velma Lewis. Amen. And her sister, my Aunt Elsie. Yes. And so it was on my heart to get some things down on paper. And so I sat down, my grandmother sat in her usual chair uh, next to the window down in her house, if you've ever been in her dining room. And she began to explain and expound to me about who was who. And then when she got done, she said, now I can't call her Elsie. I had to call her Aunt Elsie. But she said, go on up to Elsie's house. She's older than I am. She can remember more than I can. But I'm not going to take up too much time, but I want to give homage because everybody can't go back. Everybody can't go back, but I thank God that I can go back. Yes. Amen. So Grandma Dinah or Dina Vinson, Grandpa Joe Vinson, but watch this. It's believed that his last name was Parker. But his slave owner changed his name to Vinson. Two boys we're going to mention that they had. We're going to mention first Uncle Peachan, whose name was Matt Rufus. And we're talking about friendship. So we start talking about names like Felton. Somebody called him Longhead Felt. I don't know about that, but it's, on my, it's down <laughs> in my paper. Longhead Felt. It's, it's down in my paper. But Sonny, Cecil, Vonnie, Walter May, Willie, who was the baby of the Fanny, Annie, Mary, and Claire. I think I'm doing good so far. He had a brother, Uncle Peachan. Wait a minute. Let me not forget Aunt Aggie. Yes. yes. Now watch these notes that I have. Aunt Aggie was a praying woman. Yes. If you remember me, remember how God used to use me for his kingdom. She was a praying woman. A praying woman. But I'm going to flip over to Uncle Peachan's brother, whose name was Columbus. We call him Papa Son. Yep. He married a woman named Alice. So his name was Columbus Vincent. Her name was Alice Stenbridge. We call her Mama Alice. I say I'm, I'm not going to take up too much time, but but from what they tell me, I got it down here on paper. What my grandma tell me is that they used to bring the sick to Mama Alice so that she could lay hands on them and they will recover. Papa's son, her husband, was a superintendent at Friendship Apostolic, Sunday school superintendent. But people would come to him for biblical knowledge. They would have scriptural questions that they would ask him and he would have an answer. But from these awesome two, and if I mention your branch, just go ahead and stand up and say praise the Lord. Aunt Yuname Johnny Tucker. Come on, somebody. We have Bud, Willie, Evelyn, and Jeanette. Waveline, who we call Mother Pittman. Columbus, D.C. Sterling. We have Uncle Doc. And Aunt Bessie Lee. O.C. May and Harsley. We have Dave, Dewey, or Buddy. I, I, 
I'm standing. I'm I'm standing, y'all. I'm 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 standing. We have Lula Bell, which was my grandma Velma, Dorothy Dot, who died at 14 years old, and my aunt Elsie. We have Ella Lee, where many, and then we have a half sister, Essie May. Somebody say which half is the good half? We don't use those kind of terms. Which half is the good half? Then we have Uncle Pete, who had Louie. Then we have Uncle George. I remember Uncle George had a raspy voice. And Aunt Irma. Bobby, Barbara, Betty, Jerry, Evelyn, Marilyn, my main man, Junior Vincent, and Carl. Aunt Ada, Brother White, Charlotte, Chucky, Natalie. Oh, we're getting close to home here. We got Aunt Mamie. Come on, somebody. We got Aunt Mamie. I think Aunt Mamie got some people in the house today. Now watch this, Aunt Mamie and Oscar Heath. We have beautiful Mother Lois in the back. Amen. Amen. I had to take a pause. I had to take a pause on that one. Gloria and Harry, and then Aunt Mamie, because I remember Aunt Mamie used to play the piano. Yes, she did. I remember she used to play the old pipe organ that was at Friendship. It was a little scary to me, but she used to play that. But Aunt Mamie married Elder Robinson, and thus we have Pastor Will Robinson. And then one of my favorites, we got Uncle Jerome. Yes. Uncle Jerome. Now, 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 mind you, Uncle Jerome was a handsome man. I said Uncle Jerome was a handsome man. We got Uncle Jerome Brent standing up over here. Come on, stand up. Come on, somebody. So Uncle Jerome was so handsome, we got four women attached to him. <laughs> because he was a handsome man. But <laughs> we got his first wife, we got Annie Ruth, we got Adele. His second wife, we have Daisy, cousin Jackie. I miss cousin Jackie. Yeah. His yeah. third wife, we have Iris, some of our favorite people, Janelle and Cindy. Janelle is in the house. Go ahead, Janelle. Janelle. <laughs> And then his fourth wife, we have Aunt Hazel. I remember Aunt Hazel. Yes. Jill, Jackie, Michael. And now we getting to Uncle Fred. Oh. Uncle Fred and Gladys, we have Larry or Cookie, we call Ger Gerald called Cookie, Ronnie, Lorraine, Brenda, Daryl, Matthew, and Wayne comes to here to church. Amen. All right. Yes. And last but certainly not least, because the family wouldn't be complete without those broadnesses. Yes. We got Aunt Sal and Uncle A.B. Broadus. Yes. Come on, come on, come on, cousin. Stand on up. Yes. Billy, Tiny, and Charlene. Yes, yes. And Irvin. See, now there we go. And Irvin, I got to get my pen out. <laughs> Somebody thank God for the Vincent Stembridge bloodline. Amen. Come on, I said somebody thank God for this blessed bloodline. This blessed bloodline. This blessed bloodline that God has used to start churches and continue churches all over this country. Bless bloodline. Bless bloodline. Amen. Absolutely. So we want to bring up our speaker, who I thank God for, because he's a faithful man. 
And you can tell how faithful a man is by how he handles his family. But this man of God is faithful. And I thank God for him because there are three things that connect that connect us. We have the same bloodline. This blessed bloodline. We both I recognize we say in the street game recognize game. But a gift recognizes a gift. If you have a gift and someone else has a gift, there's a witness in the spirit. And he has a teacher's anointing. A teacher's anointing. And then last, we have on our favorite teachers of all time, we have the same person, my grandma Lewis. He shared that with me. I said, oh, yeah, I know we cousins now. (laughs) But I want you to stand to your feet. I want to present to some, introduce to others, stand on your feet. And let's thank God for Pastor Will Robinson. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Amen. Amen. Let's get a Lord a hand clap. Amen. 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 So you may be seated. I'm going to just just get right to the point. Uh, I have notes for you. There will be a quiz after the sermon. Can I get a volunteer to pass these out, please? I I need two volunteers because I I made 100 copies. Okay, thank you, Karen. Um, I do this at our church, so I'm not doing anything new. Uh, We use notes because we feel like the word of God is too important to forget. So one time doesn't usually be enough. One thing I noticed about Jesus' ministry, I've shared this. I'm going to come down from here because I will step off. One thing I noticed about Jesus' ministry, he repeats a lot of stuff. So I felt like since he repeats a lot of things, we need to get a lot of things repeated. Short message. I'm going to just make three points, three quick points. The flip side of this sheet of paper is blank, so you're welcome to take your own notes. On the other side of the paper are my suggested notes, which is just basically an outline of what I want to share with you on this blessed morning. First of all, I just thank God for our host. Pastor Harper has just made us feel amazingly welcome. I said, you know, this is our first time in this great assembly, and I don't want to give him a bad impression because I was texting and calling him all the time, working out details because, you know, those of you that know me, I'm kind of like one of those really kind of weird guys when it comes to specifics, and I was just checking, like, you know, we want to make sure we can do this, we can do that. He was just so accommodating, so so, uh, very, very compassionate with all my calls and changes of plans, and so I just want to give the Lord a hand clap for the pastor, his wife, and this great congregation. Amen. So um, if you'll turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 9, we're going to talk about the blind man in chapter 9. He was blind in 9. And while you're turning to John 9, let me just say this to a couple special people. Sister Lewis, Sister Velma Lewis, and our Uncle Jerome, I credit them for the fact that we're in the ministry today and just for the love of the word of God that we have came from Sister Velma Lewis, who was just meticulous about the word. You guys know her. You guys, you know, you know how many Bibles Sister Velma Lewis went through? She, she would buy these leather Bibles. I think she got to the point where she just started getting paperbacks because they were just always, this would all be ripped off. And she would just have just the pages. They would be dog-eared and beat up because she was in the word. Uncle Jerome was another one, just a stickler for accuracy, a stickler for not just, you know, going through the motions and not having things haphazard or incorrect, incomplete or incorrect. He was just a stickler for accuracy. Amen? Amen. So, so what I did in, in my ministry by the help of the Lord is I developed this little thing called ABCs 
which came from Sister Lewis and Uncle Jerome, just a composite of what they taught me, which is A is for accuracy, B is for balance, and C is for clarity. We need to make sure that whenever we're sharing, whether we're teaching, whether we're witnessing, whether we're preaching, whatever we're doing, that we want to make sure, amen, that it's based in the word of God. Amen. Accuracy, balance, and clarity. So in John 9, in John 9, there's an account of a guy that I'm gonna keep short and just make three points for this great family reunion weekend. And here's what it says. The New American Standard reads as such. As he passed by, it's a capital H that represents Jesus. He saw a man born blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, I'm just getting a little bit of feedback. Uh, Rabbi, Rabbi means in Hebrew teacher, who sinned? this man or his parents, that he would be born blind. Jesus answered, it was neither this man that sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. I'm going to drop down to verse six in the interest of time because I want to keep this short and sweet so you guys will remember it. When he had said this, this is Jesus, he spat on the ground and he made clay of the spittle, and he applied the clay to his eyes. And the Bible says in verse 7, and he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went away and washed and came back seen. So we're, we're kind of like at the tail end of a three-part mini-series on John. We're studying this, this entire chapter. It's 41 verses. Today is the conclusion of that three-part series. And so the title of this little series, this part is Go to Scent, Wash to See. I'll say it again. Go to Scent, Wash to See. What Jesus did here was he gave some very specific instructions, and here is point number one. If you're taking notes, if you're keeping track, because he said he was only going to make three points, hold me to it. Here's point number one. The Bible says that when Jesus passed by, he saw a man that was born blind. I imagine this man who was a beggar, no doubt at the temple, because that's where most people were generous and benevolent with their gifts, would be standing there begging every day because he couldn't work. He couldn't see. There was no Braille. There were no audio books. There was no way he could communicate that he needed money other than to beg. He's standing there, sitting there every day. Everybody passing by. Everybody's passing by, and they see a beggar. They see a blind man. The Bible says when Jesus passed by, watch the language, Jesus saw a man. He didn't see a cripple. He didn't see a handicap. He didn't see a blind man. He didn't see a beggar. Jesus saw a man. So many of us, we go through this life and everybody to us is just an object, just a number, just a digit, just a piece of, a piece of meat, a piece of human, human clay. No meaning, no feeling, no compassion. The disciples didn't even have any compassion. And I can prove that by their next question. Jesus saw a man, the Bible says, and I thought about Jesus' purpose of his ministry. And, and, and John, he gives the answer to why he ministered. In John chapter 20, verse 31, he says, I came that they might believe. The actual words is, he said that I came that they those who would hear would believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and believing in his name, there is salvation. We believe that there's salvation through Jesus Christ. I don't know about you guys. You can't be saved by Buddha. You can't be saved by Hare Krishna. You can't be saved by Mormonism. You can't be saved by the JWs. You can only be saved through Jesus Christ. Because Acts 4.12 says there is only salvation in the name of Jesus. And you say, Pastor Will, that's so fundamental. That's so elementary. Why are you wasting our time with that? I'm wasting your time with it because Christians have now gotten this notion that you can be saved all kind of ways. You can join a church, join an auxiliary, join a committee, give your name to a deacon, pay your tithes, and that makes you saved. That's not the definition of salvation. Salvation is through Jesus alone, by grace alone. 
through faith alone. That's the only way we can be saved. Don't think and don't believe that any other way is possible. Amen? Jesus saw a man, and he, he, was, he was there begging. He was there hurting, and he was in need. And Jesus said, I, I, put, I made a note when I was looking at this last week. Jesus saw someone, and Jesus said something. He saw someone. And he said something. Here's what he said. If you look in John 9, I love, what, I love how he handled this. He said, when Jesus saw him, the disciples asked a question, and they said, Master or Rabbi, who did sin that this man is born blind? Because they had this convoluted belief that you could somehow sin in utero. You could sin prenatally. Because remember when Joseph and remember when Jacob and Esau was born, Esau was coming out, and Jacob reached up his hand and tried to pull his leg, pull him back down in. They they thought that was commensurate to killing him, trying to kill him. So they felt that you could sin before you were even born. So they said, "Who sinned, this man or his parents?" And Jesus, I love. I, you, by the way, on that question, don't be that guy that finds ways to criticize someone else and make yourself look better at somebody else's expense. Amen. Amen. I'm sorry, I love the disciples, but shame on them. Here this man is blind and begging, and they're trying to come up with the cause. They're trying to connect the dots and say, why is this guy having... The question isn't why, the question is who. Who can make a difference, and that's Jesus. The guy is blind because this was God's purpose, because he wanted to show who he was and what he could do. So when you're going through something, you're having a problem in your life. Don't blame situations. Don't try to find a blame or a cause and connect the dots. Go to the Lord and ask, Lord, I need help. I don't need to know the why. I need to know who it is that can change my life and change the problems and fix this situation, and that's Jesus. Amen? That is Jesus. And I think that the question that they were asking was the wrong question because they wanted to get into this theological debate like a lot of us do. We want to argue religion. We want to argue doctrine. We want to argue denominationalism. And people are out there dying. People are out there blind because we are trying to decide should the communion bread be cut on the left or cut on the right. We're, we're arguing over trivia, menial things. And people are dying in the streets. Let's not be that guy that just walks by and ignore the very need that people have when we have this great gospel, this great heritage. I love how the pastor was breaking down our background. The beautiful thing about those people is that they cared about people. They cared about us. That's why we're still here. That's why we're still calling their names. That's why we're still honoring them for what they did. They cared about people. They didn't see just something. They saw us, and they invested in us. They invested life in us. They spoke life into us. I am so thankful for my mother on that piano, jumping up, spinning around, shouting, and come st starting in the key of A flat and coming right back to A flat. I remember I'd be at the piano over there on Trigonia Drive trying to find out what key these people be singing in because, you know, back then, back then there was no sheet music for us. The songs we sang wasn't in the hymn book. We sang stuff that folk just made up on the fly. <laughs> oh, Lord, heal me. There was no key signatures. You better find it. And so I'd be over there picking around on the piano, and my mother would just come and bump me on. I'd say, get out of the way, boy. It's just start playing. What you going to do? I said, so you know what? I'm going to step up my game. I'm going to take some lessons. I ain't going to be getting embarrassed. Because <laughs> nobody play like that lady would play. She would just play amazingly. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So my, here's my last point. I made two points. I have one more point. And that is, I talked, about who, I talked about who Jesus saw. I talked about what Jesus said. Let me leave you with one more thought. And that's what Jesus did. What is Jesus seeing in you? What is Jesus saying to you this morning? 
And what is Jesus doing for you? Amen. He told this guy, he said, I want you to go to the pool called Siloam, the pool in Siloam, which is named Sent. So he was sent to Sent. And he said, when you get there, I want you to wash. How many of you know the miracle that took place here? It happened after the man did what Jesus said. See, had the man just went to the pool, nothing would have happened. When Jesus spat on the ground and made mud and spread it on his eyes, nothing happened. When the man started walking to the pool of Siloam, nothing happened. It didn't, the Bible was very clear. I want, I want you to see that. This is the last verse. I want you to see this. This is so important. It says, so he went and washed and came back seeing. You say, Will, what's the point? You're, you're, you're making a point and there's, there's nothing there that's really important. Yes, it is. His obedience is what brought about the miracle. So many of us talk about God with lip service. So many of us may have nice and warm and fuzzy thoughts. So many of us may, you know, be philosophical about what we believe and who we believe. But the point is, what are we doing? What are we doing? Are we obedient? Faith is a result of obedience. Romans 10 and 17 says, so faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That word hearing, by the way, in the Greek is akouo, A-K-O-U-O. It comes from the word, our root word, acoustics. And it doesn't just mean hearing audibly. It means listening with an intent to understand and wait and obey. God credits us for obedience. Obedience is even greater than sacrifice. Nothing trumps obedience. Doing God's will is paramount. When the man did everything God said, the Bible says that he came back seeing. Amen? There's something about obedience. God wants us to follow him, not just in word, not just in thought, but in deed. He wants us to be doers. James 1.22, be not hearers of the word only but be doers, not deceiving yourselves. Amen? Amen? God is about action. So we have this thing in our church that we call the Monday morning moment. It was something that we developed because people go to church two, three times a week sometimes, and someone may ask them the next day at the water cooler, so what was y'all service about? What was church about? What was the message about? And they fumble, and they jumble, and they mumble, and they have nothing to say. Oh, we had a good time. That's about the best you go. Oh, yeah, we had a good time. But they don't know what happened. So we came up with this idea. Let's have like a one little liner that kind of capsulizes what the message was about so there's something I can take home. I once heard a pastor say, if the message is rememberable, then the message is portable. And so I want the message to be portable today. So the key, the, the Monday morning moment, as you would, is seeing is not the same as perceiving. We don't want to just see. We want our eyes to be open spiritually so that we can perceive and know what God wants us to do. Amen? Amen. And finally, this man could have been healed by the Lord just, boom, saying, be healed. He did it before. There was one guy, he spat in his eyes, and the guy was able to see. First, it was a little blurry. He said, hey, men look like trees. And then the Lord touched him again, the second touch, and he could see clearly. The Lord could have just spoken what's called fiat, F-I-A-T. It's a Latin word that means instant. Absolutely means instantaneous. The Lord could have just done fiat healing the way he did the earth, ex nihilo. He made everything out of nothing. He could have just recreated the guy's eyeballs, recreated the guy's eyelids. He could have changed everything internally and the guy would be able to see. The Lord didn't do it that way. He didn't take the quote-unquote easy way. He wanted to get the guy to opt into the faith. Faith comes when we agree with God. 
Faith comes when we get on the same page as God. Faith is not just about willing something and mustering something and thinking I'm going to just make myself believe. Most, too many of us have faith in faith. We need to have faith in God. He is the source of our faith. So the man was being trained. You do this. You go and watch. You go and do this. And when you do that, then you'll see. That's what the Lord is doing for us. So if you're going through trials right now, as I take my seat, if you're going through tribulations, if you're going through challenges right now in your life, ask the Lord, Lord, what do I need to see? What are you trying to reveal to me? What can I take from this? Because this is not, this is not uh, something that we're doing happenstance. It's not accidental what you're going through. Amen? It's not something that would just came into being because of some uh, unknown purpose. God is always up to something good. God is always working in us. God is always doing something in us. He's always doing something through us. He's always doing something to us. He's always doing something for us. Nothing is by accident. God doesn't do stuff arbitrarily. God doesn't allow things to happen to us arbitrarily. When the sons of men were coming before God in Job chapter 1 and Satan came, the Lord said, what are you doing here? He couldn't just have unlimited access to Job. Oh, you consider my servant Job. The dude is bad, ain't he? He's, he's righteous, ain't he? The devil said, yeah, but that's only because you got a hedge around him. But the, de the devil had conditions. The Lord said, okay, you can do what you want, but you cannot touch his life. I believe that God says that to every one of us. He gives the enemy only limited exposure to us. He doesn't have unfettered access. He's on a leash. He's on a string. God is in control. God is challenging this. God is managing this. God is doing this. It's not accidental. So whatever you're going through, you know, you know that God is watching over you. That God allowed this. That God purposed this. That God is managing this. And that is not by accident. Mm. I'm about to start running, but I'm just, I'm looking for a path. I, I, I'm just making sure I don't trip over my <laughs> God is in control. God got this. Amen? God has your back. God knows what he's doing. Everything that you're going through, the Lord is managing that. And he never puts more on you than you can bear, according to 1 Corinthians 10, 31. God has this under control. Amen? Just bow your heads with me for a minute. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your unadulterated word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, because we know that you're able to do exceeding abundantly, exceeding above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, as you said in Ephesians 3.20. We stand on your word. We stand on your might, the power, the dunamis of your word, Lord, that's working in us and through us. We ask you for help as a family, as a church family, as a family of God, as a biological family, that you will keep us, preserve us, save us, Lord that we might give you the glory and honor. We ask, Lord, this morning that you would be glorified and your people would be edified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Come on, somebody thank God for that word. Come on, somebody say amen to that word. John chapter 9, three points. When Jesus passed by, what did he see? What Jesus said and what Jesus did. Amen. We're standing around that water cooler. We got some stuff to talk about, don't we? Look for somebody. Hey, hey, come here, man. Let me talk to you for a minute. Glory to God. Bishop Pittman is in the house. Somebody give the Lord a hand for some, brother. Bishop Pittman, the pastor of Friendship Apostolic for so many years. 
Let's honor the man of God. Amen. Amen. We thank God for you. We thank God for you. I was just a young man. My grandma Lewis served you with everything she had. And so many saints served you with everything they had. And we honor you today, Bishop. We honor you today. Amen. Amen. So we have a praise dance. Are the young ladies ready? Janelle's grandbabies, Shannon's babies.
Come on, somebody bless the Lord for that awesomeness. For that awesomeness. Hallelujah. 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 So we're going to ask Believers Bible Church praise team, praise team to come back up. The, uh, the entire family, um, the, the, the entire family can can join us. Houston, Friendship, Akron, all of us. Amen. What do you want? What do you want? Yes, yes, Jesus, yes. you and Rick do, we can do, why don't you and Rick do, um, I love the Lord, you know, we can see, I mean, uh, CC's not, CC, yeah, oh, okay, okay. bench here. I don't know where that. fails me all my days I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head oh I will sing of the goodness of God yes Cause all my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I'm gonna sing of the goodness of God Everybody, I love your voice I love your voice. You have led. I don't know the words. Sing it. Thank you. In darkest night, you are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I know you as a friend. And I have lived. In the goodness of God. Because hey, all my life you have been faithful. Oh, yes, you have. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I'm going to sing. Of the goodness of God. In all my life, in all my life, go back here. In 
In all my life you have been faithful. Yes, Lord. In all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. Lord. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. All my life, in all my life, you have been faithful. And all my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. Your goodness is running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. When my life lay down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Yeah. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. One more time. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Cause all my life, cause all my life, you have been faithful. And all my life, you have. So, so good with every breath that I am able. Oh, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. Because all my life, because all my life you have been faithful. Yes, Lord. God, you've been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God Oh, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God Yes, I will sing of the goodness I surrender now, I give you everything, your goodness is running after, it's running after me, your goodness, your goodness is running after, running after me, your goodness is running after, it's running after me, with my life laid 
surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, is running after me. One more time. Your goodness is running after, is running after me. Oh! 